I wish my brain was bigger so that my headphones fit my head because my head is so <laughs> small. <laughs> and my I have the headphones on the smallest setting, and there's st- look, they're still not. They're so loose, they're, yeah. They're so loose on my head. Yeah, little itty bitty head. Yeah. If I had a if I had a bigger skull, if mm-hmm. I could pick one part of my body to be bigger, the skull. The skull. Yes. I don't know what other. I don't know what else you would. You know. Yeah. Maybe my left bicep. Just the right. Left one. It's either you. You have the option of like, oh, I'll make my right leg bigger and be stronger at kicking, or my right arm bigger <laughs> and be stronger at throwing. But it's like you. What What do you gain from that? If I make my head bigger, I look like a mega mind. <laughs> Welcome to The Crunch, the only podcast where you can hit a bucket of balls with the boys for only nineteen ninety-five. I'm Ethan. And I'm Patrick. <laughs> it's great to be back. I say that because I went golfing this weekend. The skin has been rubbed raw off of my right middle finger because I was huh. gripping the club too hard. Yeah. Those of you who know anything about golf will know for sure that all of my shots went very far to the right and none of them went straight. <laughs> and yet I keep coming back like a dog to his vomit. Anybody who knows the podcast knows that even though Nick played golf in high school, I am better than him at golf. Everybody he didn't, knows he didn't ev- play. He didn't play golf. Everybody who listens to this podcast knows that even though Nick Nevy is better looking than me, he's still taller than me. <laughs> <laughs> that just sound like two good things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah Nick yeah, Nevy's yeah. awesome. It's, it's great. He's a great guy. We love him. Is really he dating anybody? Is, Ladies, he's not dating anybody. Ladies, go think. to at Nick Nevy on TikTok. I don't Please know don't what do it that. Is. Don't do it's that. It's also not. It's also not that. I don't know I don't why know he doesn't this. trademark his name. I th- he's doing the football thing where he like puts his football number at the end of his name. Oh. I'm like Nick. You got to wait until you're signed to do that. Yeah, you can't just because you can't just keep changing the number. You know. Today, yesterday, what is it? Yesterday. Make up your mind. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Yesterday, I put on some sweatpants and said, "They call me <laughs> Cozy Boy 22." And Sam said, <laughs> "Cozy with a K and Boy yeah. with an I." And Sam said, why the 22? And I said, I don't know. But now I realize it's my football number. That's that's your football number. That's what I've been trying to say this whole time. When I did play football in eighth grade, I was 28, unfortunately. So that doesn't, oh, okay. the, the bit kind of dies there. But They let you they let you play in an eighth grade football team when you were 28? <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't have made any difference. I still would have got blown up. <laughs> Oh man! So I, I had a right before the podcast. I had a I had a calzone. Oh, yeah, I did. And aren't, aren't we feeling fancy today? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, it was a it was the fundraiser for the school attached to our our uh, the parish or our offices, mm-hmm. and they were having one of those like frozen pizza fundraisers where you buy a frozen pizza, uh-huh. and you, you get it like you know yeah. four weeks later. You know, <laughs> you, like, anyway. So I got I got the I got the calzone, and I was like, it took me like an hour to try and figure out how to heat Mm -hmm. it up in the oven because uh as you know calzones are just large hot pockets Mm -hmm. and it's always a gamble what the inside of a hot pocket is going to be temperature wise and so it took me very long to figure out how to make it not antarctic on the inside of this calzone there was a i had to (laughs) i had to i had to i had to lay down and borrow some money to get to go to the area that sells a special kind of uh, Italian dish, which means I had to go prone, get a loan to get a provolone calzone in the zone. Okay, <laughs> come on. That was that was good, but I can tell that you've had you've said that before. I've never said it before, and I wish I could say it again. 
Cause is I, that is that an Ethan Stevie original? What we're gonna do is we're gonna cancel it and we're gonna say it again. <laughs> <laughs> I had to go prone and get a loan so I could go to the Provolone Calzone Zone. That's oh. that's how I wanted to say it, but I said it wrong the first time. Provolone Calzone Zone. <laughs> What's the difference between a calzone and a stromboli? <laughs> this is not a joke. I only, just need... <laughs> only only one of those does St. Thomas Aquinas demand that you brought with you when you die and go to heaven. <laughs> Where's the stromboli? Huh? You, get, you, you get to heaven. You get to heaven. And you're just like, wow, God, it's so nice to meet you. And just a huge Italian <laughs> man walks up and goes, where is it? <laughs> <laughs> he's got like slick back hair and he's wearing a pinstripe suit because he's Italian and uh-huh. also in 1940s New York. Uh-huh. He just looks at you, where is it? And then he, you're like, I don't have it. And he slaps you and he goes, you're, 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 you're dumb. I don't know. No, say, they don't call me the dumb ox because I'm stupid. <laughs> <laughs> They don't call me the dumb ox because I'm stupid. It's like it's like how that's perfect because it totally fits the mafia motif because you know you have like a you have like a, a short guy and you name him Stretch. You know it's uh-huh. like a joke. Yes. There was a there was a guy. Um, we uh, I, I miss did, I, I miss guys up. being named Stretch. You know that <laughs> that time in American history. Yeah right. <laughs> back back when never mind. Uh, when I uh, there was a there was a guy in the Mass Intentions I was lecturing for a while back and his um. The, it was like Jimmy something Fonte or whatever, and it had uh, his nickname in, in air quotes. Not air quotes. They were regular quotes. And uh, it was, his nickname was Skinny. And the guy that was – so it was like, he was like Jimmy Skinny uh, Barone or something uh-huh, like that. Uh-huh. And uh, I asked the guy who knew him. I was like, so what was the deal? Was he like actually skinny or was it like a joke? And uh, – because I was like, because he could go either way. And he was like, well, actually, he we called him Skinny because he was so fat. And then he lost all the weight. And we just kept calling him Skinny. Dang. I was like, that's perfect. You, that's you such a really handy nickname. You, you, know? can't, you, can't, you can't switch it at that point. You can't start calling him Fatty. You know? Yeah, that'd be like weird. I know. What's But Fatty's not a very good nickname for a super skinny guy. Mm-mm. You know, there's got to be because stretch and slim and yeah. skinny. Like, those are all good. But like. If they have a skinny guy, what yeah. do you call him? Thick? Donuts? Oh. I don't know. <laughs> High blood pressure? That's what you do. <laughs> BMI? Hypertension. Hypertension. I don't know what that is, but I think it's associated with the overweight. This is, this is my friend, pretension. Oh, hypertension. <laughs> ah. <laughs> On that uh, note, let's hop into the hot take dope. time machine. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to the hot, hot take, take time, time machine. machine. The part of the show where we take a look back at the prime of our social media posting lives. If you have a hot take that is uh, five years or older, you should send it on over to info at the crunchcast.com. Ethan, you got a hot take for us? Uh, Yeah. It's one of the two tweets that I made in October of 2015. Yeah. This was a low point in my life. You were busy. Uh, no. No? I was, <laughs> I was busy doing all the wrong things. October 2015 was the height of my hedonism. So, you know, the Catholic tweets did not uh, work. They didn't come out swinging. No. I did I did have this biting piece of social commentary, though. Mm-hmm. October 4th, 2015. <clears throat> You'd think after 2,000 years, we'd figure out how to put down kneelers quietly. <laughs> That's a little inside baseball for you. 42 retweets, 98 likes. You you the, the reason I'm laughing chortling so out loud instead of just sharply exhaling through my nose is uh-huh. because uh, we had confirmation. Podcast. Oh <laughs> yeah, that's right. 
it's it's better for a podcast, yeah. But we uh, that has never been more true than at a confirmation mass. All of those middle schoolers in one place just slamming kneelers up and down. It's nuts. Oh, one no. of the, the priest was like, "Now we're gonna we're gonna put the kneelers down. You just gotta do it quietly." And they didn't listen. They were just like, "Bam, bam." And the church is very echoey because it's round. Sure. That's what happens when you build round churches, even with all the soundproofing they put in. It's just, you know, really round. Yeah. It's just like slam, slam on like these ceramic floors, <laughs> just echoing in this bathtub. Of you can, you was, can go was, one of two directions if you build a round church. Yes. Or if you build a, a, a modern church. You can build it round and you can have carpet. <laughs> you, you, uh, you can't do both. You can't do both. Because they it would make, make carpet in circles. They don't make... <laughs> <laughs> you ever seen a carpet come in circle? It only comes in squares. It only comes in squares. <laughs> That's the thing, is if you if you do build it around, you got it. You got to deaden the sound somehow, but they'll, they'll never do carpet. But if you build a nice, beautiful, kind of straight church... Carpet. It's always carpet. It's terrible. Wall-to-wall carpet. Can we talk about how carpet in the sanctuary is like my least favorite... Yeah, it's the most, it's the worst churches. thing. I mean, there's a reason why we didn't do it in the past is because what happens if the blood of Christ spills? Now you have to cut up the carpet and it's expensive. And then the other reason is if the carpet, if there's stairs up to the sanctuary and the stair carpet is the same color as the floor carpet, you are going to fall off the stairs. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's not, were, it's not a question. I Someone is going say, to fall. <laughs> in the past, they had not invented carpet. And so there was no, when did carpet come out? Uh, I think it dropped its first album in the 1700s, can right somebody, about when modernism started. Can somebody go out to the carpet corner and tell me and ask me when when did you start your business? It'll be like, oh, we're a fam- me, we're a family friendly company that started in 19. 19- no, no, no. When did you start? When, when did, did you start? When did it begin? What do you like mean? Like paper making started in about thir- the third century BC. I I'm need talking, to know when you guys started. I'm talking papyrus. I'm talking. <laughs> I'm talking clay tablets. I'm talking right? Comic Sans. Tell me. I'm talking. What is the Phoenician alphabet? Al- alphabet. <laughs> <laughs> alphabet. Help me. <laughs> so my my hot take. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. My hot take. I. I guess I should have saved this one for Thanksgiving, but you know I probably would have forgotten. You can you can never pull the trigger too quick on a Thanksgiving hot take. No, exactly. I mean it's 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 October, which is basically November, which is Thanksgiving. So, um, sure. so this this first tweet comes from at Com Catholic Girl, mm. the 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 right the right queen of Catholic Twitter. Yeah, Catholic and on Twitter. Um, she tweeted, "Carry a spirit of Thanksgiving past Thanksgiving Day." Oh, that's a very good. That's a very good, uh, sure. very good observation. At com Catholic girl, but I took it, I took it a little bit because she said carry a spirit of Thanksgiving past, and so I said, but don't carry the spirit of Thanksgiving future. He's scary. <laughs> I am gonna give that a quick exhale out the nose. Dang it! <laughs> Why didn't they make? Do you remember the 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 night before Christmas movie? No, what's it called? the the spirit the the christmas carol no the nightmare before christmas the nightmare before christmas yes and you know how they're in that forest with all the doors that lead to the different holidays yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> why they did they... that same thing in the in in an easter bunny movie there did was they a really? bunch of doors yeah they did i'm they, like i think they ripped that off they took that from from jack frost or whatever his name is who's the guy that makes those movies tim burton that's his name mm-hmm. what what door would you go through if you were in that forest? 
I don't. I it's. <laughs> I don't know how it's. It's a forest, right? And presumably every tree is a door. No, just in that one little grove. Oh, it's so it's a grove. It's a it's a small grove within a forest that has a Christmas door. That uh-huh. that's what he ends up falling into. But there's also a Thanksgiving door, and I think probably like a an Easter door, and then maybe like an Earth Day door or something. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I want to. I want to see like I want to see like how niche these holidays get. Like, yeah. if, if is there a Boxing Day door right next? to Is the there Christmas a pre- door? President's Day door? <laughs> yeah, I, I, want, I want like Martin Luther King Jr. Day <laughs> door. Can I fall no. in? I want to get a. I want to get a sale on a nice toaster. So I'm going in on the President's Day door in the <laughs> in the magical tree grove. I want to. I want a zero. I want a zero dollars down, zero percent APR loan on a car. So I'm going to go into the Labor Day door. <laughs> I want a bunch of. I want a bunch of Vox writers to yell at me. So I'm going to go through the Columbus Day door. <laughs> the Columbus Day door just drops straight into the ocean. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> what are what are other holidays? I'm gonna go through the the uh oh you know Flag Day door Leaf Erickson Day Leaf Erickson Day. We it's it's frustrating because we're we're reinforcing the the civil corporate calendar that we so heavily decried last week in our episode on the Prodigal Church by Brandon McGinley. My mom yes. called me and told me that I never said the name of the book, but I did oh, in really? fact make it the title of the episode. So that's good. If anybody misses that, is that really my fault? No. I, I, but, but there must've been a Valentine's day door. And if there is oh, a Valentine's yeah, yeah, yeah. day door, then that means that every other saint on the church calendar also has a door. Somewhere in that forest. Are we sure that Valentina was a real saint? Or is that just yes. something? I feel like I've gone so deep into the irony pool on that one of like yeah. <laughs> people say it's not Valentine's Day, it's St. Valentine's Day. Then people say, well, he wasn't actually a real saint. And then somebody actually, say. Actually, Valentine was the monster. Uh, <laughs> Valentine was the doctor. <laughs> mm. That's pretty good. Thanks. <laughs> Valentine was the monster. Can we do that for every holiday? Actually, actually, Columbus was the monster. Anyway, so ah, <laughs> uh, that's good. So, um, uh huh, there it is. So yesterday. Oh yeah. Yesterday, uh, nope. Yesterday was Wednesday. On Tuesday. Tuesday. I went to. A little prayer meeting, prayer get together. Okay. With uh, a bunch of other youth ministers. Oh, you finally made that happen. In the area, yeah, yeah. I didn't make that happen. Oh, somebody did. There's in the county that we're in. There's a there's a group of there's a youth ministry, like a non denominational Christian youth ministry group, um, run by this guy that I met a while back before quarantine happened. And he sent out a letter. He was like, "Hey, we're gonna get together at this pavilion. Youth pastors in the area, they're all invited." And so I came, and it was like me and like six other people and they all kind of knew each other except one guy was one guy was like two weeks into his job as a youth pastor at a church and it was my first time hanging out with like other youth ministers a group of youth ministers in a while and it was also my first time in a while hanging out with protestants mm. and it was fun really first of all me and the guy who was like new we started talking about the church fathers oh, and we're yeah. like gonna get together soon and talk about the church fathers that was fun great but also we got to talk about um denominational differences oh boy when they found out i was catholic a couple of them knew but they were like oh you're catholic that's cool did they really say that 
Yeah, they they were like they they like knew Catholics and they like had they weren't like weird about it. I even even like during our post prayer like discussion about what we prayed about, I even brought up a Marian apparition and they weren't they were like, oh, it's really cool. I didn't know that happened. And I'm like, yeah, she like all the time. Stop like, talking really? to the Protestants like, yeah. about Medjugorje, Patrick. I so <laughs> that'll be the one thing that brings them in, and uh, but yeah, I, I I was talking to them and and they um they were. They they're experiencing very similar things as our parish, right? It's a very it's very culturally mm. Catholic or culturally Presbyterian or culturally this way or the other thing, and uh, they're experiencing similar like deadness. And it's the, the this is how communities work. It's like if communities in general, if in an area, if the, if an area is less religious, all religions are going to struggle. It's sure. very unlikely that it's very unlikely that all the religions are going to be you know. With the water, all boats rise. And we we were talking about it, and I was like, you know what's really funny? I I think I feel like I need to tell you this. I was like, Protestants have a really great reputation among the Catholic lay people. And they were like, really? I was like, yeah. I was talking to one of my um, one of my coworkers, and she she was like, we need to do we need to be more evangelistic. Like the Protestants really know what they're doing. Like they're they're all like evangelizing, and they have these like big churches and all this stuff. Oh yeah. And she was referring to like the the one mega church in our area, and then the 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 mega church that's like moving a new campus here. And the thing is, like, mega church in in Newcastle is like the size of the Catholic church, mm-hmm. or like a little bit smaller. Mm-hmm. It's just they are they meet in one big building. They have better branding. They have better brand exactly. It's like you know, evangelization mega equals paying some guy from California to design your logo, design your website exactly. Yeah. It's it's going on Fiverr and finding someone who will make a swooshy cross, you know. And uh, Catholic churches, the 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 we first this is a, this is a tangent. We all I know we all moved past the dove thing. Like we're kind of all off the dove, unless you're like Holy Spirit Parish, which I guess makes sense. But we also need to move away from the swooshy cross. Can you tell me more about what the swooshy cross is? The swooshy cross. So a swooshy cross. It sounds is, like a sounds like a, 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 a some kind of French soup. No, that's Vichy Soise. That's different. <laughs> that's pretty good. Thank you. Um, a swooshy cross is like that that phenomenon that you see in like church logos, where the they have a cross in their logo, so you know they're a church. But it's like it's it's like the lines are wiggly, so you know that they're wiggly. Like it's like a, like a swoosh. You know, like, like a Nike like, swoosh. No, 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 no. That's the Nike. Yeah, it is called the Nike swoosh. But the 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 lines aren't straight lines. They're like this one's curved and this one moves up and it like makes a heart. You know that oh, one. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like oh, it's all like it's connect. Anyway. I'm gonna Google swooshy cross. Keep going. It's like you've seen you've seen crosses that hang on walls that are like you know not a cross. They're just like four shapes coming out of a yeah, center yeah, thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, I think I think that I think that churches need to stop using those in their logos because we need to stop. We already we already uh, we already uh, shape the cross to our own liking anyway, Whoa. so we might as well do, do it in our All logos. Right. I'm sorry, <laughs> you got him. That's good. Anyway, so it was a great it was a great like moment. Uh, it was a great meeting. Um, the prayer part was really interesting, and it'd been a while since I prayed in community with people like just getting together to do a prayer thing i mean we we get together to do prayer things all the time but that's just called mass yeah right? it's like but they they got they don't get together for communal prayers regularly as catholics do 
But I think that because we rely so heavily on the mass and liturgy for communal prayer, we don't know how to do free form communal prayer. Yes. And it was really great to be able to do that with a group of people. And there was, there was obviously a little bit of like, you know, I don't, I don't really, I don't really get some of this, like some of what you're saying. I don't really understand. They'd be like, yeah, like the Lord was really just like giving me a word. And I'm like, I don't Mm -hmm. know what that means, but cool. Protestants Um, do have their own kind of way. They do have a vocabulary. It's funny because we talk about in Bible study, I lead a lot of guys that are uh, Protestant and they're like, yeah, this week I just didn't get much time in the word. I'm like, well, what does that mean? Like you didn't, Yeah, right. did you, does that mean you didn't read the Bible? Does that mean you didn't pray? Does that mean you didn't pray with scripture, but you prayed outside of scripture? Yeah. But I don't want to like ask that because I would be like, oh yeah, yeah, for sure. You got to get more time in the word. You know, like I just (laughs) go along with it. You're getting more. It's just weird. Now it's time to get into the word. (laughs) The hot take word. Hot take word. Machine. Did you have a closing thought? I, I interrupted you. Oh no, that that was my thought. I think yeah. I think that we should. Uh, oh, my wife is calling me. Yeah, should you, I answer it live on the podcast? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do it. Do the do the Gussie Nettie. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, here. Hey Phoebe, you're on the podcast. Hang up if you don't want to be on the podcast. I don't know what to say. It's, well, a, it's so okay. You're doing great. So you're far. on the podcast now, baby. I'm so sorry. Never mind. It, <laughs> it's okay. Do you need something? I am going grocery shopping after. The <laughs> Oh, how much do you want? Okay, yeah, we can talk about that later. Okay. Okay, cool. All right, bye. thanks. Bye. Yeah, Phoebe wants to know how much we want to sell the pot for. Oh, sorry, the pots for. Uh-huh. Uh, the <laughs> uh, yeah, it's... Uh, it's <laughs> there's just like, I don't know what to say. <laughs> this is good. Good to have a podcast. I've been working a lot with these Protestant guys lately, and... Mm. There are some things, this has just been consuming my thoughts lately because I'm meeting, literally the reason I have to end it too is because I'm going and talking with this guy later. And uh, he's been reading the Church Fathers and a lot of guys have been coming to my Bible study because the Catholic Church is the only church that has Bible studies right now, at least at the University of Tulsa, which is... Looks like the shoe is on the other foot now, isn't it? I know. (laughs) But I... We did it, boys. I did a, I, I, I did a Pierre Giorgio yesterday. My best Pierre Giorgio impression. I took a guy to the driving range, and then we went over to the practice putting green, and I said, whoever <laughs> gets their ball closest to the pin has to go to the other one's church. And I won because I prayed for him to be really bad at golf. <laughs> <laughs> Luke, He, like, swings and hits himself in the eye. He's I like, know. Ah. Luke, if you're listening to this, I love you. I'm so sorry. Um, <laughs> but I... Uh, and... We it like started a conversation, right? He's like, "What's the difference yeah. between going to mass and going to church?" Oh, that's such a good question. It's a great question, and I said the Eucharist. <laughs> I wish my kids would ask that question. I know, me too. We talked about the Eucharist. I'm like, "It's the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus." He's like, "Well, don't we have Jesus at our church?" And I said, "Yeah, but not the real presence of Jesus in the same way. Like, obviously, He's present within you because this you've accepted Jesus, and like the Spirit lives." dwells within you like you, you've been baptized like you're you're living large and in charge and so <laughs> jesus can be anywhere where two or three are gathered in his name he says he's there so he's like so why can't god's presence be in my church and i said he is it's just not the same so we talked about the 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 substance and the accidents and he was like okay but there's just this that always come back to i've talked to multiple guys this year it always seems to come back to, well, is it necessary for salvation? Like, is your salvation affected? Is my salvation affected? And it's like, well, in John 6, it says, 
Unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you will not have life within you, which makes it sound pretty importante to me. Yeah. Um, like, it's, but you say that and they're like, well, I don't know if he means that. And it's like, yeah. I mean, if I guess. only there was someone who could tell you what he means. I thought scripture was supposed to be interpretable on its own. I know, I know. It's the there's a there's a there's a, a Presbyterian thing. doctrine. I was one of my professors was talking about it that um it, I don't know exactly. It's called the something of scripture, and it's that it's this Protestant doctrine that uh, scripture is sufficient for itself. Like scripture, because it's the Holy Spirit inspired, mm-hmm. it will interpret itself for you. Yeah, which is why um, everybody disagrees on everything. Yeah, exactly. That's why there's so many different denominations. And it's funny because that that's that's so obviously untrue according to just like, you know, looking at the world. Yeah. But also otherwise otherwise like everybody is there if, if that were true, there's no way that there could be holy people in another denomination than you because they would be either lying or just not filled with the Holy Spirit. But that's also not what Saint Augustine believed. Mm-hmm. Like the early church fathers saw scripture as something like Saint Augustine said, No, no, no. God has perf- purposefully put stumbling blocks in scripture so that you know that you need an authority to interpret it yeah and yeah it's it's crazy i i've been saying a lot lately it's like well it might not be a me a a matter of the eucharist specifically might not be a matter of salvation for you but for me if i'm going into mass every single day and kneeling down in front of this piece of bread and he says it's the body of christ and i say amen and i pray to it and worship it that means i'm going to hell if it's not true. And so, yeah. are, so are 1.2 billion Catholics. And so if at the very least you don't think it's pertinent for your salvation, at least be concerned about my salvation, you know? Yeah. And the salvation of all the people in the 1500 years before Martin Luther said that it's not the, really the body and blood of Christ. Yeah. And I, I definitely don't want this to be a Protestant bashing podcast. Cause I, a lot of these, Certainly not. a lot of these guys that come to my Bible study, very holy men that are earnestly and honestly seeking the truth of the gospel and trying to live a holy lifestyle. They are not contrary to what meme Catholic people online might get you to believe. They don't just like believe in once saved, always saved, which means they can sin however much they want. Like that's not how they live, you know? Yeah. That, that argument is like bringing that up is important because you need to, you need to be intellectually honest with where your doctrines lead. And so like there if once saved, always saved is like a doctrine, then it necessarily leads to this. Right. And some Protestants do believe it. They just don't follow it to its logical conclusion. Yes. But again, I think, I think Catholics, I think Catholics, at least meme Catholics online sit around, think that Protestants sit around devising ways (laughs) to dunk on the Catholic church. But some Protestants don't even realize what Protestant means. No, they have no clue. The word Protestant. Like I asked a friend in middle school and she's like, I think it means that I like love Jesus and I follow Jesus. I'm like, no, no, no. It means you're protesting Catholicism. Mm-hmm. She's like, really? And I was like, yeah. yeah. And she's like, I'm not. And yeah. I was like, okay, cool. Then, you know, when are you getting confirmed? <laughs> there was this other guy that I was talking to who had just read this book. I asked him Bible study, you guys, because I was talking about intellectual and human formation about how we need to not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of our minds, which is in Romans chapter 12, verse two. The good one, a classic, the good one. And I have that t-shirt. Yeah. With the transformer logo on it. But instead of the Autobot symbol, it's got a cross. Really? Yeah. Did you get that at a student conference? No, I didn't. I got it at my youth group. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> uh, I asked everybody, I was like, Hey, have you guys read any books lately? And this guy raises his hand. He goes, I did. I did. I was like, Oh, what book did you read? I was hoping, <laughs> I was hoping he was going to say Moby Dick or 
Dune or something. He goes, I read this book by my pastor. It's called Jesus Hates Religion. And I was like, oh. Oh, good. Great. <laughs> it's a good book. Wait, hold on. This is great. Keep talking about this because that was actually what I wanted to bring up because yeah. we talked about this last night. He's, Go ahead. He said it was a page turner. I said that's literally the minimum requirement for a book. But Sorry, you must have misspoke. I heard page turner. You must have meant page burner. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but we talked about it and he said the book was basically about how like uh, the like the world views religion as just this thing that makes people do works and they don't really explain why you know yeah and he's like that's not what it's about it's about a relationship with jesus and i was like yeah that's true and then a, a not 30 minutes later he was talking about how he doesn't know the bible well enough to know how to live and i was like he's not he's not like being intellectually dishonest he's just growing so it's like i don't blame him you know for for not yeah. for not knowing these things and i definitely am not trying to dunk on anybody but it's like this I've been encountering this a lot more this year for whatever, like a lot of Protestant guys who are searching for the truth, trying to figure out how to live and struggling with these concepts and these ideas of what's the point of religion, especially now since their church or their groups are not as active because of the novel coronavirus, you know? Yes, and which is no longer that novel. No, it's it's, but people still say that. Maybe it's just it's the me. That antique says that. coronavirus. <laughs> the 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 Middle Ages virus. The, it's a, <laughs> it's basically a, a the bubonic plague at this point because it's been around for so long. What were you guys talking about last night? The, it's interesting because uh, we the fel- the new fellow was the his his name is Rob. He's cool. He was like he was like I really I I was getting this word in in, in prayer. I was getting yeah, like this word in the word. I was getting this word in the word, and and <laughs> Lexio Divina. We we do we have our own words, and so <laughs> we have our own vocabulary. Yeah. And and he he is like, there's a really there's a there's a spirit of like there's a spirit of like religion here. What you know, at in Newcastle. Okay. And so, I people start like the other people are like like well hold on hold on what do you mean by that and uh, he's like oh well, I don't mean and he like looked at me and he's like I don't mean anything I'm like uh-huh. no it's cool I know what you meant uh-huh. like I'm Catholic and so when people say when, when people, people say religion, bad about religion they just and mean they us. immediately think about the Catholic Church yeah. exactly and um, I knew what he meant right it's this 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 false religiosity and 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 I um he talked about it. I think that's very much the case is that people do have the outward appearance of religiosity yet they are not religious but i think i think that it's it's merely an, it's merely an issue of terminology so like how would you i think i think there's a difference between religiousness and religiosity like being religious and just or being being actually like the actual virtue of piety versus just being a pious person because mm-hmm. the second thing is more external piety is an inward virtue that's very important and it's easy. And the other, the other guy kind of, another guy kind of like stopped him. He's like, "Hold on, I think I know what you mean." But the, you know, scripture talks about like the Jezebel spirit. Ah. And I'm like, "Whoa, this is." I'm like, "We're getting into like some evangelical territory." I don't know what's going on. Let's here. go, baby. Dive in. And he was talking about the the Jezebel spirit is the spirit of the the um, it's a spirit of of external religiosity of of external holiness while being internally it's ma- it's it's machiavellian mm. essentially and i say that because i think i think that i think that the the anti-religion movement 
is hyper modern and hyper American mm -hmm. because modernism and Americanism relegates Christianity and your religion to something that's private. And so you can, you can go to church on Sunday as long as you don't bring it into the office. But then even it, taking a step further is you shouldn't even be going to church on Sunday. Yeah. That that's still too public. You know, you should, yeah. you should have your privately held beliefs on your own, your own personal relationship with whoever you want in the sky. That's fine. Mm -hmm. But don't like, don't, do anything that's organizational. And I, I kind of pointed that out. I didn't want to say, hey, modernism started with the Reformation. You guys are batting for the wrong team. But I, I started it with like, I started talking about how modernism kind of denies mediation. And, and we started, we actually started talking about the intellectual roots of Protestantism without actually ex me explicitly nice. saying that. So I thought it was kind of cool. Well done, Pat. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Everybody, was, everybody, uh, everybody, uh, what, do they, what do they call them on Twitch? What do they call it? Emotes for Pat in the chat. Emotes for Pat in the chat. <laughs> Uh, yeah, <laughs> let's get some. Let's get some some Twitch bits. What? Some some I don't checks want, mix in the I chat. I don't want any Twitch bits. Whatever those are, <laughs> I'm uninterested in what they have to offer me. Um, Beards in the chat. Can we? That's can we also say? Episode. I know you're on a roll, but I also think that this idea of anti-religiosity or anti-religiousness is like not scriptural. It's very much not. Can scriptural. I? Can I just? Or just a quick, just a quick little guy from First Timothy chapter six. Ready? Whoever teaches something different and does not agree with the sound words of our Lord Jesus Christ in the religious teaching is conceited, understanding nothing, and has a morbid disposition for arguments and verbal disputes. From these come envy, rivalry, insults, evil suspicions, and mutual friction among, among people with corrupted minds who are deprived of the truth, supposing religion to be a means of gain. Indeed, religion with contentment is a great gain. It's like, says it straight up. You know, I don't know necessarily if when timothy says religion he means it in the same way that we're talking about religion but it seems as if he's referring to some kind of body of teaching that's being held to be true by a group of people who have the authority to hold it to be true right because even earlier or in in uh the other letter to timothy right saint paul talks about you're in charge of teaching others to teach others right you're in charge of handing down this faith you're in charge of keeping this religious teaching and just the idea that like there is no church and that there is no authority and that Jesus hasn't done any of these things. And so that means I can just decide whatever I want. It's just so mind blowing to me. And I don't know how to communicate that well to people who don't believe it or agree with it because they don't have the right framework without, uh, telling them that everything that they've learned in their whole life is just like wrong. Like I don't want people to think that like I'm invalidating their experience because it wasn't in the Catholic church that they can't have Jesus because they aren't in the Catholic church. You know? Yeah. It's just a tough, tough line to walk. Hey, thank you for listening to this episode of the crunch. Sorry to interrupt what I'm sure is a stimulating intellectual conversation, but I wanted to pause the episode real quick to let you hear from some of our sponsors. We will be back right after this yeah i found i found this i found this article that was talking about like what what does the bible say about religion what does the bible say about religion yeah and here, here's this is this is kind of a good um a good a, a biblical biblical case to kind of put it on the opposite end biblical case for this may be a straw man i don't know biblical case for for anti-religion uh, religion steals the youthful joy of serving Jesus. In Matthew nineteen fourteen, Jesus forbid his disciples from stopping children to come to him. Religion causes the elders to become demonically old. The Bible is only ever called one prophet old in First Kings thirteen. What? 
I know that has nothing to do with the spirit of religion. The, the rest of the, the rest of the points are like this. It's like religion does this. And here's where in the Bible it says that thing is bad. Religion corrupts. Uh-huh. Here's where the Bible says There's that corruption is bad. is bad. Well, yeah, that does. Yeah, that's not yeah. a right. That's not a real argument. <laughs> no, it's not. And so this is this is like it, the the problem here. Here's a picture of an old white religion. guy in the Catholic Church. See how corrupt he is. Exactly. Fill in the blanks with your mind from the culture. The problem with religion is not is not religion itself. The problem is our definitions and like how we define our terms. Yeah. And so that that's what we were talking about is like, what do you mean by religion? Because the thing that you're calling religion sounds pretty bad. External piety, no real relationship. That's very true. That's not inherent to tradition, though. No. That's absolutely not inherent to tradition. In fact, let's look at it this way, right? Uh, so I saw another another definition from a more reputable organization that's a that's an evangelical theology website and he said what is what is the what is the religious spirit a religious spirit is a, a spirit that denies a relationship and replaces it with works and tradition now this 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 there's mm. logical fallacy here that implies that works and tradition necessarily replace yeah a relationship with Jesus, but we know this isn't true, and we can look at it just by looking at our own relationships. Yeah, right. My grandpa I always a- has a gathering at his farm, which means that I can't have a real relationship with my grandpa because I just go to the farm just because he's always done it. You know, yeah. Or it's I like, have a real relationship with my wife, and I do works for her. <laughs> you, just, I, I you don't love Phoebe because you you don't make. I mean, I because cook. she makes the bed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> she makes the bed. I. I don't love Phoebe because I do works that cook. I mean, could you imagine if you approached your wife that way? Like, My who? oh, sorry, honey. I don't want to do any works for you. I'm trying to have a relationship with you. <laughs> I'm sorry. I can't take out the trash. I'm trying to have a relationship with you. Yeah. Okay. This is, this is, this is an apt analogy because a lot of the, a lot of works that we do, we feel like they don't directly serve the relationship with Jesus. For instance, I know a lot of Protestants don't believe this because we were talking about one of the one of the one of the girls said she's like yeah I wish we used incense like that's such a cool thing mm-hmm. I'm like yeah it really is and then we were talking about how like Christ encounters the senses and how like incense is like the only he's like we don't have anything that that engages the senses and I was like yo incense also smells amazing yeah but that's the thing is like gotta so the activate boy, the sniff boys gotta activate the sniffers. Uh, the altar boy that's putting charcoal in the sensor, right? Like he might not feel mm-hmm. like he's directly mm-hmm. form in, in increasing his relationship with Jesus through that act, but he is because he's serving the church mm-hmm. through that way, mm-hmm. right? He's, 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 he's working in the vineyard in a small way. You know, when I read the prayers of petitions at mass, I don't feel like I'm, you know, increasing my relationship with Jesus, but I am because I'm, you know, helping the church pray. So, yeah, I think I think that's a good refutation of the idea that religion is bad. What do you think? I think it the more approachable maybe conversation to have is is one about emotions and feelings. I, I agree with everything okay. you said, but the kind of. People talk about like, oh man, I I love this this modern worship. I can't handle the traditional worship because I don't feel the spirit moving. I don't feel close to God, right? Like I yeah. I like works insofar as they make me feel good is really what the what they're saying, you know? Because it's it's all certainly not certainly not consciously. No, 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 not at all. But it's yeah. like, oh, I th- I don't think that works play a role in my relationship with Jesus. And then it's like, okay. 
well, what do you call it when you go to church and you sing five praise and worship songs? It, I mean, that is, yeah. that's something, right? Is that not a work? That's a work. Right. Like that's, well, I, what do you define as a work? What do you define as not a work, right? When you give money to the church, when you make some kind of profession of faith, when you get baptized, even if it's not like, you know, you don't believe that it's salvific. It's like, that's some kind of work that you are doing regardless of what you believe about the efficacy of that work, you know? Yeah. And so I just like struggle because it's, yeah, it's, it's not about work. It's not about what you do. Um, but I, I can't go in and do that specific stuff because it doesn't make me feel very good. And so this idea of we can only serve Jesus when it rewards us emotionally kind of is this thing that creeps in. And it's why a lot of the American Catholic church, struggles because we've taken a lot of cues from that Protestant mm. mindset. And then the yeah. things that don't reward us like mass after a Steubenville conference means that we don't, uh, we don't keep going to mass until the next su- summer Steubenville conference. And then we go back again, yeah. you know, I think, I think that a, a true, a true sola fide faith alone Protestant would take issue with what you said, because they probably would it, it implies that yeah, <laughs> for more than one reason, but it, impl- it implies that they say that works don't matter at all. Mm. I think I think they would say that works matter, and and this is something the conversation that I've had several times. That yes, of course, works matter. They just they aren't sufficient to save. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and I'm with that. I that's obviously not the Catholic position right. that works are sufficient to save. But then we go in that direction because we want to be antagonistic to the Protestants. Sure. So we go well. Actually, no, works totally save, and then we accidentally become a Pelagian. And yeah. then Protestants go in the other direction and deny, and like some deny works mm-hmm. in general, mm-hmm. and then become Pelagian without knowing it because yeah. they have no way to know if they are saved, and so they keep doing works to prove to themselves that they're saved. Um, <clears throat> this is a this is something that my professor, as a former Protestant, said happened all the time. It was either it was either one way or the other. People would continuously work so that people thought and knew they were saved. Mm-hmm. Or they would just be like, "I'm not going to go to church at all because I'm saved." What would they? Matter. What would? What works would they engage in to prove to themselves that they were saved? Like what? So what? it would be. It would be like b- being involved at the church. Ah, that's this is the and this is the spirit of religion. Yes, that that this is the spirit of of, of external piety that exists in Newcastle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is it? And and a lot of places in 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 the in the Catholic world because you help with the pasta dinners and the fish fries uh-huh. and the and the parish festivals you are involved at the church and being involved at the church is being saved so therefore it's like we we kind of have this accidental workspace salvation but i think i think that that we as catholics need to understand in order to refute these arguments in order to like kind of justify the catholic position is understand that yeah works can't save you it is faith alone that saves you but it's not your faith alone that saves you mm-hmm. it's faith that's given to you i shouldn't say faith alone saves you because that's kind of still loaded but it's, it's it's baptism that begins that salvation process you have been saved you are being saved you will be saved mm-hmm. and baptism is not a work that we do it's a work that christ does in us mm-hmm. and so if we understand that aspect of the sacraments i think the works the works-based salvation argument comes down to the efficacy of baptism it really does and like, if you don't believe that baptism saves you, then it's a lot of things are a non-starter, you know? So we're saved by grace through faith in Jesus and through faith in the ability that Jesus can do things 
through other people. <laughs> you know, yeah. and if you deny that Jesus can work through other people, then you're denying a lot, a lot of scripture. You're de- you're denying pretty much everything that St. Paul writes. You know, it's no longer I who lives, but Christ who lives in me. You know, like that's a pretty, it's a pretty big indicator of how Jesus works yeah. after the, the ascension into heaven, right? He works through people that he has ordained, okay? Yeah. So, like, did St. Paul believe in a works-based religion, you know? <laughs> like, because he was traveling all over the place and talking about all the things that he suffered and done for the sake of the kingdom, all of the works he has accomplished for the sake of the kingdom. Like, you know, I don't I don't know anything. This is a good, this is a good, uh, I think this, I think, I think it's important for us to engage as, as a, as a, as a person I like to follow talks about, it's important for us to develop our, our life philosophies mm-hmm. at this point in our life, like the, our, our intellectual understanding of how the world works and how we engage both the supernatural and like the natural realms and all this stuff. I think it's important for us to do that, especially in our early twenties, which is the majority of our audience. And uh, it's it's when doing that, it's important not to just pick a pick a worldview that you enjoy and just learn as much as you can about it, but also to engage the objections. And I think that's something that we are literally taught not to do on Twitter <laughs> and on social media in general and in presidential debates. Oh. And I mean, both candidates don't didn't I I watched. I, I skipped around it. Like I just watched a bunch and every single three second clip I saw one of them was, it was most of the time one of them was trying to interrupt the other person. And if I think if you, if you brought like Lincoln and Douglas to moderate that debate, they'd be like, hold on. First of all, do debates need moderators? No. Second of all, <laughs> second of all, what are you guys doing? It, it was, it's, it's so, it's so sad. I mean, it was sad to watch Trump do it in the primaries and the election last, last time. But it's even sadder now that they're like four years older. And when you're that old, it's just, you know, it's like being 20 years older. Just seeing old two old men go, oh, what about your tax returns? And then, oh, you have dentures. I paid $750 in income tax. You know, that's all I, that's all I see yeah. and all I hear. So I think it's important for us to to counteract the the Twitter-style debates that we see by engaging honestly and that's something that that's something that i i kind of relearned the other night was you know people that are that are different than me are and and see christianity differently than i do and i do honestly believe they're incorrect in some of their views they are open to discussing right one of them was like yeah let's talk about transubstantiation and consubstantiation let's just not talk about it in front of our kids i was like okay i'll talk about transubstantiation in front of my kids i'm not going to talk about consubstantiation but you know whatever yeah uh Anyway, and I think so, the, the um, way that yeah. we're going to here's here's something that we've been talking about a lot. The people who have been invited to the feast are not coming. Yes. It when Jesus said that he was talking about Jews, when I'm saying it now, I'm talking about Catholics, right? The people who have been invited to the to the feast, the wedding feast of the lamb, heaven on earth, the holy sacrifice of the mass, and just a life as a member of the bride of Christ, people aren't coming. They don't want any part of it. And so it's like, okay, if Catholics aren't going to come, maybe we should stop trying to revitalize the parishes. Like, sorry, this is hot take, hot take, hot take. 
it's good to to have good a healthy community to invite people into. Yes. This is true. But at a certain point you got to look at the fruit. Okay? We've been trying to do this for so long. I work for an organization that's explicitly part of the new evangelization, which is the re-evangelization of the baptized. Okay? We're trying to inspire the people who have been baptized, who've been sacramentalized, who've been catechized, but never evangelized. We're trying to invite them into a relationship with Jesus. You can try that. You can go to a college Catholic center. You can go to a, a, a Catholic youth ministry and try to do that. And it might work. I, I haven't seen it work <laughs> that well because there's no cultural force behind it. The family is not behind it. Really, a lot of times the pastors are not behind it which sucks. And so, um, I work for an apostolate so I can say all these things and be fine. (laughs) Um, fine ish, but, um, but I think it's time for us to, to go out to the highways and to the byways, right? Go to the people going out and around. We're so scared to talk to people who aren't Christian. We're so scared to talk to people who aren't Catholic. So I think a good place to start is, okay, yeah, go and start talking to the Protestants in your area. Go and start talking to the to the committed Christians in your area mm-hmm. and have these conversations. If you believe that unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you will not have life within you. And if, if you believe that unless you are born again of water and spirit, you will not see the kingdom of God, right? Unless you, if you believe that, you know, Jesus said, to the apostles who sins you forgive or forgiven them who sins you retain or retained. If you believe that Jesus said to Peter, Matthew chapter 16, you are Peter and on this rock, I shall build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. If you believe all of those things, then you have a, an obligation to share that with the Protestants that you know, an obligation. And it's, it will be on your soul if you do not share it because there is a fullness of relationship with Jesus that they can have. I'm not saying that they're going to hell if they don't know these things, right? That's not what I'm trying to say at all. I'm just saying if we want to revitalize the church, revitalize the parish, whatever the heck that means, then we have to start bringing people who know Jesus, who desire to know Jesus into the fold instead of trying to convince people who don't give a crap about Jesus <laughs> that they yeah. that they need to do this thing, you know? Yeah. It's like it's like we're we're putting so much money and writing so many books and writing so many like programs about how to get this horse to move and it's not moving (laughs) and and it's like it's like let's i mean this is the this is the thing it's like people have been talking about how are we going to revitalize the church how are we going to bring people back how are we going to engage since we were prenatal yeah let them go and they've decided to leave right what think let's let's think for a second about about the gospels okay the the prodigal son all right good boy right give him your money give him the, w- let him walk what, away what happened right not necessarily give him your money and let him walk away but <laughs> the father knew completely entirely that the son was going to take a lot of his investment a lot of his time a lot of his energy and just walk away with it yeah he hoped that he came back. He prayed that he came back, but he didn't sit there wringing his hands going like, oh no, I invested so much money to keep my son around and now he's gone. What am I going to do? Maybe I'll start another program to get a new son. You know, like... <laughs> Maybe I'll start Alpha. I'm just <laughs> <laughs> you know, like there was... A- all of these things are obviously good and, and yes. people can people yes, can yes, revert yes, yes. in a sense and all this stuff. But what, what did the father do, yes. right? Is he... he 
he went to the older son, you know, and the older son was pissed mm-hmm. off because he's like, what, you're throwing this big feast for the son coming back? Like, yes, I understand that. But, like, you've always been here with me, right? You've already, always been doing this thing. So if you are if you are the older son, as in you care about the church, and you haven't decided yeah. to leave because of the coronavirus, you haven't decided to leave because of the sex abuse scandals, you haven't decided to leave because there's a new sexy Protestant church on the block, right? That means you are the older son, and that means you have an obligation to work on your relationship with the father so to, so as to not be upset when people start coming back. But yeah. we all have an opportunity, the church people who are in charge of making decisions especially, to be like the father and to not sit there and just wring your hands about all the money that you lost. Pray and hope that they come back and look over the mountain or look over the hill for when the, the prodigal son is going to return because we can pray for that every single day, and we do. But we also need, we, we have to move on. We have to ha- We have to do something else. We can't just sit here. And just wait for all these people to come back because we have a new program, because we built a new addition to the church, because we expanded our parish school, because we brought in focus, because we brought in life team, because we brought it like that's those are all fine things. But there are people out there who want to know Jesus and desire to know him in the fullness, like as full as possible. And we're not offering anything to them because we're so worried about the people who left us willingly, who like who knew what they were leaving and just left. Like why are- or who have already left yeah. in their minds and hearts. Yes. And it's the the reality, and this is something that I've gotten in trouble for talking to people about in the past, because it's just like, to him who has, more will be given. To him who has not, even what he has will be taken away. Mm-hmm. It's, if, if you, you know, or so, sorry, to him who has, more will be given. Yeah, yeah, I said that right. Yeah, you did. It's like the students who have a little bit of faith, more faith will be given to them. And more, they, they, they grow. And the students who have, have none, they leave. Mm-hmm. And it's a hard fact that you have to like live with and cry about a little bit and just say, okay, like uh, come back. Like you're always welcome back. We're not chasing any disaffiliated students out of our, out of our room, out of the room. But I think, I think this is a point that we don't, that that's just been hitting me. And it's, it's something that I want to reiterate and say really quickly, Protestants, uh, they're part of the new evangelization. Yes. They're part of that call. They are groups of the faithful that have lost a living, not sense of the faith, but a living, a living, uh, real faith because they, you know, they, they're connected, but not connected. Right. It's, it's the inversion though. They have all this like energy and they're not a part of the, they're not fully a part of the body of, of the Catholic church. I think, I think evangelizing Protestants is a great idea. And then you, you just have a bunch of converts in your parish. Yeah. I mean, I think evangeliz- evangelizing Protestants is a weird term because a lot of them have accepted Jesus and like they, they, they desire to know God through, with, and in, through, know the Father through, with, and in the Son, you know. So they've already been one. So we just got to do build. And that's great because build is where the money is. Exactly. Right. Like we have to be, be careful, I think, when we say evangelize the Protestants because they, that's fair. They do know catechize the Protestants. Yeah, they do know the good news of Jesus Christ. Just <laughs> just, let's just work on our podcast etiquette, Patrick. Yeah, yeah just punch um, the mic. There can be an argument made if they don't believe in the correct gospel. You know, they they believe wrong mm-hmm. things about salvation. So this, that, or the other thing. But that's where the conversations can start. It's like we both believe in this thing. Either I'm an idolater and I should leave the Catholic Church or you need to convert to Catholicism, you know, and like start having those conversations. It's a pretty compelling argument. It is. It is. And I've just seen already this semester in six weeks how 
what kind of conversations you can have if you just allow the Lord to work and put people in front of you and you're open to it and you don't expect yourself to know all the right answers and have all the arguments ready all the time. I don't know. I think, I think a lot of things, I hope I don't get fired because of this podcast. No one listens to our podcast. All right. Cool. Uh, sorry. Everybody listens to our podcast, uh, especially Jeff Bezos. Dear Dr. Ethan and professor Patrick. Okay. We've got 10 minutes. <laughs> I'm a big fan of both the pod and the cast. I've been listening for Thank about a year you. now and find myself in need of some dating advice. Please don't use my real name. You can call me Mary Malarkey or Betty Baloney or whatever strikes your fancy. So I've been trying about the <laughs> online dating thing for a while and I recently met this nice guy. Let's call him Herbert. Over the past two and a half months, we've had phone calls, video dates, and in-person dates. We don't live super close. I enjoy spending time with him and talking with him, but I feel very on the fence about starting an actual relationship. I can hear you saying, if you want to date him, date him. And if you don't, then don't. But I feel like I should be able to tell if I do or don't want to. I just can't tell. Before Mm. going on the third date, I thought by the end I would have a pretty good idea. But after after each date, I felt no more clarity than before. I don't want to agree to make things official and then break up after, say, a month. But I don't want to string this guy along for another month plus of calls and dates and still have an answer for him. Like I said, he's nice and I enjoy talking with him, but there's things that I find annoying. Another piece of information complicates things. Uh, I've connected with someone else online, Whoa. too, who also doesn't live very close. We'll call him Oswald. We've been messaging a little less than a month, not at length. I have one video call that went well. It's too early to see how far that might go, but nevertheless, it's a piece of the puzzle. I know it's okay to get to know several people at once. I'm not actually in a relationship with anyone. Wait, it is okay, right? Question mark, question mark, question mark. But I still feel duplicitous, especially towards Herbert. For background, we're all about 25 years old. Dr. Ethan, any diagnosis or treatment plans? Yeah, I think this Oswald guy... How many legs does he have? Is he blue? <laughs> does he have a pet hot dog? <laughs> you remember that, that show? That show only ran for one season. I know, but it's it's burned in my brain. I know. Dude had a pet hot dog. He had a pet wiener dog. Yeah, but it was like dressed up like a hot dog. Yeah. So you're, you, you've, you're, you're leaving the safe comfort of Herbert for the scary wet and wild ride that is Oswald. <laughs> Just don't look at me like that. I here's what I think if you are the the proof is in the pudding the proof is in the octopus pudding if you are messaging another guy and you're you're talking to another guy it probably means that you aren't interested in being exclusive with Herbert yeah you know it seems like you probably shouldn't yeah and it's okay it's okay to not like somebody here's the thing if you like somebody you know that you like them it doesn't have to be like an intense negative emotion of like, Oh, I definitely don't like this guy. But if you just feel eh about him, then you, you just feel eh about him. And that's, yeah. What do you want to do in, in like 12 years when you get married? Yeah. You don't want to be like, like, yeah, I felt really eh about him when I met him, but, uh, and then we started dating and I continued to feel eh about him. And until about like a year in and I was like, well, well, I'm not getting any younger. So, uh, I don't think we should be ruled by our emotions, but, if, Certainly not. If nothing is is enticing you about this man, why force yourself to date him just because he's? You don't have to date anybody just because they're Catholic or they're yeah. they're interesting or funny. Like you can you can date whoever you want to date. I would say the pretty big indicator is that you're also messaging an octopus, and maybe Herbert needs to know. Maybe the maybe the uh, Herbie the love bug needs to be let go. <laughs> that rhymed. That was cute. Yeah. Is that is that a good enough advice? Yeah, I think that's great. Advice. I think you I know think, what uh, you need to do, Betty the Baloney. 
That's true. I, you know what you know what Betty Bill needs to do? She needs to go to www.thecrunchcast.com and check out our merch, baby. Buy a shirt, buy a sticker, buy your friend a shirt, when buy we, your friend a sticker. When are we getting hoodies? When are we getting hoodies? Uh, hoodies soon. Hoodies, 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 hoodies. We're getting hoodies uh, at Christmas time. We're not going to get them at Christmas, but I'm hoping to have them available by Christmas. Like available for purchase by Christmas or available for purchase in time for Christmas? Available for purchase in time for the holiday season. Yeah, baby. No, no, no. We say the Christmas season here on this Sorry, podcast. the Christmas season. The Christmas We're going to say Merry want- Christmas again, everybody. We're going to say Merry Christmas again. <laughs> wrong i can't believe i can't believe it took them i can't believe it took them an hour on the debate last night to come to a conclusion on whether or not there's a war on christmas (laughs) joe biden was really going in on continuing the war on christmas but thank god that president god emperor trump was like Uh, stopping (laughs) my favorite part of the debate i thought the whole thing was awful and horrible and i'm glad that i wasted time on it but uh at one point they were talking about law and order and Trump just kept saying over and over again, he refuses to say law and order. He will not say law and order. Why won't you say law and order? And then Biden goes, well, I like law, but I don't like your kind of order. And it was just like, it felt like a skit. It felt like a sketch. Like it's, it's just <laughs> like the, the, Saturday Night Live can pack it up. Yeah. Like the, they, can just, it, they can just, we're go already home. a parody of ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> he, it was just one point where they were talking about like law enforcement agencies that support trump and he's got i've got so many sheriff's departments that support me how many sheriff's department do you have that support you joe biden goes we don't have enough time for that and joe and trump goes we've got all night (laughs) (laughs) like it's just it was just so comical it was so funny oh my gosh (laughs) we've got all night Look at look at these two look at these two antique Americans who you know going at each other like they actually fought in a war. And then Joe Biden looks at the camera. He's talking to small town America, very serious. Yeah, he goes, yeah. "Small town America, people in Scranton, people in you know all these places. How are you doing after the coronavirus?" And Trump just goes, "Well." <laughs> uh. <laughs> They're both so dumb. I know. I don't understand. Anyway, it. anyway, that's all for the pod. Um, I hope you feel enlightened. Hey, we cut. We had a topic. We we we, we did. We made it through. It's true. It's true. Pretty good. Keep an eye out for Patrick's special experiment. Patrick's special experiment coming soon to the crunch. Some, yeah, yeah, Ethan. It'll be Patrick and Ethan's special experiment sometime soon. But I have limitations because of my job. I want it to be a total surprise. I don't even want them to know. I, I don't want them to know either. So we'll, we won't say anything. Won't say anything. Uh, Patreon.com slash The Crunch. Patrick, do you have anything else for the people? Bishop Robert Barron 2020. Thank you all for listening. Please pray for us. We will be praying for you, and we will see you all next week. Going for that for a second, I, word for on For a second, fire I thought money, I got huh? the year wrong. Oh, no. That was really good. <laughs> Bishop Barron 20. One. Twenty one eight. Twenty one one. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the Fileo fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. 
And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.